Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey, Betsy. Hey, Kate. Do you remember in the last episode when you asked me who the best actor would be to play or voice certain children's book characters? I do remember that because it was my idea. Yes. So yes, I do remember that. So we took it to social media and here's what our listeners said. Okay, so listeners. More folks agree with you that John C. Riley would be a better Mr. Gilly from Trashy Town than Chris Pratt. Because I'm brilliant. But we had some other suggestions on Instagram. Oh, good. Okay. So All right. Stuff mm-hmm. of Stories said Paul Giamatti for sure. Oh, yeah. He would he would be a sad Mr. Gilly. Like, there'd be a deep, a deep <laughs> resonating sadness to his core. But, but yeah. Allison M610 said Mike O'Malley, who, as a millennial, I remember him fondly from Nickelodeon's Guts. I don't know if you ever watched that show. I do not, and I'm also not familiar with his work, I'm afraid. Okay. I am too old. However, more folks agreed with me that Maggie Smith would be a better Miss Rumpfus Rumpiest than Meryl Streep. I agree. But Allison also suggested Emma Thompson as well. Oh, Emma Thompson would be brilliant. And you know, Emma Thompson loves children's literature because she wrote that whole Peter Rabbit sequel and she starred in that adaptation book series, which was like Mary Poppins, but ugly. Uh, Do you remember that? (laughs) No. I don't even remember the name of it. If you gentle listeners can remember the name of that Emma Thompson series, uh, write us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. Okay, for the very hungry caterpillar... More folks went with your suggestion of Pat Oswalt than uh, mine of Because Ke- Pat Oswalt is the best. But Stuff of Story suggested Craig Robinson, who I always think of as Daryl on The Office. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Allison suggested Jacob Tremblay, who, funny enough, voices Pete the Cat on the Amazon Prime show. So Ooh. another children's picture book that we've done. Yes, indeed. We would also have accepted whatever guy does the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> okay. And finally... More folks agreed with my suggestion of Dwayne the Rock Johnson as the narrator of The Little Mouse, The Red Ripe Strawberry, and The Big Hungry Bear over your suggestion of Mark Evan Jackson. But here's my favorite. What? Stuff of Stories suggested Neil Gaiman. Um, you know, he's fine. I think it would be an interesting take. He's fine. If you're going to go British, though, why not go with an actor? I'm just saying. And I'm disappointed that y'all did not think Mark, what was his name? Mark Mark, Evan Jackson. Mark Evan Jackson. I can never remember his actual name. (laughs) Sean from The Good Place should just narrate everything. And then we had a few folks letting us know that the episode didn't post on iTunes last week. So hopefully this week and last week's episodes can be posted at the same time. Uh, According to my brother-in-law, it's in a holding pattern somewhere, but I don't know how to get it out. So yeah. Sorry, guys. You're going to have to go use different methods to listen to the episode maybe we can try posting it again when we post this one i've tried posting it twice already i don't know what's wrong with it hopefully this one will post we will find out (laughs) fun 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 so one of the um people were suggesting all sorts of stuff this week and and someone suggested I, i can't believe i'm saying this a third classic 
strawberry-related picture book. Now, you are in luck, my friend, because I searched for that, and there were ten different versions of it in my library, and we didn't have a single freaking one. We didn't even have the board book version. Good. So I'm sure y'all at home are very curious as to what it is, but if you think really hard about it, you might actually be able to guess what it is. And we have not done it, to my shock and horror. Uh, So I decided to go... Uh, well, to be perfectly frank, I looked up what books were released in 2002. I do this sometimes, <laughs> just to see. And, uh, and I actually didn't find anything, but I did find something from 2001. Olivia Saves the Circus. By, uh, Ian Falconer. Okay. Yeah, he, whose name is not on the cover. I guess he wasn't a big deal when this one came out. Uh, do you remember Olivia? We did her once before yeah. in a book called Olivia. Yeah, she did ballet, I thought. Sure. I don't know. And uh, anyway, she has a sequel or 50 uh, and a TV show and God knows what all. But uh, this was her second book. This was before before she'd really hit it big in the stratospheric sense of the word. I feel like she's dressed as Moira Rose. Oh, she's definitely with oh. those stripy uh, pants. And that, something about that hat too. Mm. Yes, Moira could totally. But Moira would wear heels. That's well, the Moira. Only well, technically, the way that her feet or hooves are sort of like you know elevated, she kind of is wearing heels if you mm. think about it. You know, and you're right because I always thought Moira was kind of rocking the Delia Dietz yep. um, Beetlejuice look, and this has a very Beetlejuice kind of feel. So this to is it. a pre-Halloween book. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying that at all. I'm literally not Wait saying a minute. that. Are but there clowns? I don't remember. You'll have to tell me. <laughs> I haven't read this in years. Yay. Go check it out. Go check it out. While Kate does her read, let's do a little background information on Ian Falconer. Ian Falconer. So it's funny we're doing this book because it's been a long time since an Ian Falconer book has come out. But actually, right now, as I say these words to you, there is a new Ian Falconer picture book out. It's called Two Dogs. It's about these dachshunds. Um, there are two of them. You've got the gist. The way I think of Ian Falconer is he's a man who casually appears in the world of children's literature once in a while, but he doesn't live here, so to speak. So what does he do? Well, he does a lot of theater design. Um, as far back as 1987, he assisted David Hockney, the artist, quite famous man in and of himself, uh, with the costume designs for the Los Angeles Opera's production of Tristan and Isolde. Um, he's done work with the lyric. He's done operas, uh, you know, at the Royal Opera Productions in Covent Garden. Um, he's also designed sets. Uh, he did a set in 1996 for the Sandaland Diaries. He actually in 2015, he I think he did the costumes and sets for the Pacific Northwest Ballet's Nutcracker. So the man has a lot of other things he does. And just fun fact, he apparently was with David Hockney at one point in the past. They are not together now, uh, but has been with him. So there you go. Everything you didn't know about Ian Falconer. You're welcome. And we're back. 
Yes. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Yes. That is what that music comes from. Yes. Yeah. All right. So I read this book and I have so many questions. And I'm just going to go through all of them. Oh, goody, go, go, go. Okay, well, mm. to start, I don't have a question, but it says, uh, before school, Olivia likes to make pancakes for her new little brother, William, and her old little brother, Ian, <laughs> which I really like that. I think you should call our brother, Ben, uh, your old little brother and see how he takes it. Yeah, you're my old little brother. <laughs> Where's my new one coming from? <laughs> I'm, that, wait, that, that, that'd be weird. Yeah. That'd be really weird. I just want you to call him old. Okay. <laughs> and you're my old little sister. Yeah. Aw. Oh, see, now it's mean. Now Aww. it's mean, right? <laughs> see, words hurt. So she likes to help her mother in the by, you know, making breakfast, but of course she leaves a mess everywhere. Yeah, but she leaves, but you know what? She took those dishes and she put them at least on the counter. And That's I true. appreciate that. That's true. Because that way the cat's not going to eat off of them on the dining room table. And, Not that I know from And then we get to her bedroom, which, is that a photograph of Eleanor Roosevelt? Yes, it is. Why is there a photograph of Eleanor Roosevelt in her bedroom? Because this is good for little girls to have pictures of Eleanor Roosevelt on their walls and no one, yeah, it's a thing. It, I don't know. It's, it's part of the whole trend of put strong female people in picture books it's fine oh. i mean i love eleanor roosevelt that's it's just sort of purpose? like yeah that's that's literally the purpose it's to she always has strong feminist icons on her walls ah yeah okay it's fine it's just random because there's it's nothing just random. else on the walls right exactly that's her sole at least from that angle who knows what's like actually over the bed because we're, we're seeing it at a weird angle here so yeah but we can see half of her room that is the only decoration yeah we can yeah. also see... Uh, well, the clothing's kind of a decoration. Well, yeah, she has her clothes all, all over the place, and it says that she really hates to wear her boring uniform, which is in black and white. Mm-hmm. However, her clothes, her entire wardrobe only consists of one color. It really does. So how is that not boring? Uh, apparently, when you compare it to black and white, I mean, she looks like a member of the White Stripes at this point. Yeah. Yeah, which is a good thing. Is She's it? like Meg White. Eh. So she accessorizes her uniform with like a red purse and mm-hmm. red ribbons in her ears. The tights are particularly cute. Red and white striped tights. Yeah. Yep. And she jumps on a scooter, which is like one of those scooters where you have, you to, have to constantly push with be your pushing foot, with one foot. Yeah. Which I thought was popular in the 80s and popular now, but apparently it was popular 20 years ago as well. Or he didn't know what was popular. Also possible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So she gets to school where it's her turn to tell the class about her vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the teacher, I have you ever seen the very first Captain America movie, the, the Captain America: The First Avenger? <laughs> yes. Okay. Are I, you calling her the Red Skull? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay. I feel like her teacher looks like Toby Jones's character, <gasps> oh, Doctor yeah, yeah, Zola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to put a side by side. Oh my gosh. Of the two okay. on Instagram. So I'm kind of loving see, that. Yeah. It's the bow tie. It's yep. the glasses. Yep. Um, there is later on in the book an expression where the teacher is not very happy. Oh, that's even better. We should put both of those on. Okay. Yes. So it's going to be a kind of who wore it better. Exactly. Uh, the teacher or, or Dr. Zola from Captain Nazi America. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Anyway, so it's her turn to tell the class about her vacation. She says that she went to the circus mm-hmm. with her mother and one of her brothers, uh, but all the circus people were out sick with ear infections. That's the worst. Don't you hate it when everyone's out with ear infections? Also, this is the first time that a new color has entered the book. Well, it's all been all black and white and red till now. Okay, it's a peach. It's yes. still warm tones. It's oh yeah, yeah. And Beetlejuicy. A little bit. Yeah. Especially when you turn the page and the and there's like a the this the ring in the middle of the circus kinda reminds you of the, the sand the snake. Wor- it looks like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the sand, sandworm, the sandworm from, yeah. uh, Beetlejuice. You know, yeah. so I'm wearing peach and I'm wearing peach and peach here. You're a big I'm matching peach today. I'm matching Peach the book. is the color today. So it is. Wear peach today, the people. The color of the day is peach. <laughs> or salmon. Salmon. Yeah, that's true. You she, have to say it like that. But anyway, so she's going through the story of like, I, luckily, I everyone was out, but I knew how to do everything. And she's on top of an elephant that is leading all these other elephants. Mm-hmm. But what is wrong with these elephants? They're, they are high on something. They're they're all their mouths are all gaping. Yeah, and they're walking around like. Their eyes are also kind of like glazed over. I don't understand what's happening to these poor elephants. Nothing good. But I do like the warm colors uh, that are throughout her mm-hmm. story. Yes. Uh, here's a question for you, Betsy. <laughs> it says, I was Olivia, the tattooed lady. I drew the pictures with marker. But one of the tattoos on her chest says, remember the main. <laughs> and, and it's a boat. Yeah. Do you know what this means? I mean, it was World War Two, right? No. Was it, oh, it wasn't? It wasn't like a, oh, shoot. The Spanish American Okay, you're War. right. It couldn't have been because, well, it could, maybe could have been, no, but it's it, mentioned no, it in Music Man. It's the Spanish American War. Right. Remember the Maine? It refers to the oh. USS Maine, which was destroyed in Havana Harbor in 1898. The phrase Remember the Maine refers to the explosion of the battleship Maine in Havana Harbor in spanish controlled cuba this phrase was right. used to create to justify enthusiasm right. in America for a war with Spain. Wait, what's the... But what's the line in The Music Man, and we got trouble in River City, where he sings, remember the main Plymouth Rock and the Golden Rule? Okay, I got it. Congratulations. I got it. I'm so I should happy be getting extra points for this. But you're, you'd get extra points if you could figure out why that's tattooed on her. Ah, uh, because it was a phrase people say. Like, remember the Alamo. But I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's a big fan of The Music Man. I, oh, Betsy... He does sets and costumes for operas and shows. It's, it's not no, out of the realm no. of possibility. I'm just saying. I do like her. Then I was Olivia the lion tamer because she, the lion roars at her. And she just straight up roars, roars right back. back. Yeah. Which I was like, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, besides, you do not want to mess with a pig. <laughs> True. I'm sorry, you don't. True. You do not want to mess with a pig. Uh, she's a tightrope walker. She walks on stilts. She juggles. There's I. Oh, there was Olivia the clown. Which that's is, her. It's only one teeny tiny picture, but it is there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she rides a yeah. unicycle. And then here's where I feel like the book had potential, but then lost the opportunity. So it's a double gatefold. It spread. is. It says, I was the flying Olivia, and you can see that on the front, mm-hmm. but then when you open it up, it says, and Olivia, queen of the trampoline, where out of the four pages, two of them is pretty much just a trampoline and then a little bit of her feet or a little bit of her snout. Right. 
which you could have done so much more on this on this spread. Why yeah. did you choose this? Yeah, you know? that is an odd choice. In fact, I don't it, remember ever concentrating. When I read this book to my kids, I don't remember spending any time with that. It was sort of like a and the trampoline moving on. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's kind of a waste of a two. It wasn't. It wasn't used spread. to its full potential. It was. Not. I I agree with you then. Yeah. Yeah. And then she says for her grand finale, she was Madame Olivia uh, with her trained dogs, but they weren't very trained. And I like that she made her dogs imperfect in this yeah, story. The dogs couldn't care less. There's two opportunities for dog anuses, but oh, they, there are, there are. But they they did not take advantage of that. No, no, we'll have a word with Mr. Falconer. Yeah. Here's another question for you, Betsy, because sure. I'm full of them You're with this book. You're just full of questions today, Kate. Yes. So in on this page, it says, and that's how I saved the circus, and now I'm famous. And it's the familiar picture that we saw on the cover of her uh, with the top hat and the, the jacket. Whip. What's missing, Betsy? What we focus so much about with Moira Rose. Oh, the tights are missing? Yeah. She has no pants. Wait like, like a minute. Like she does on the table. Oh, my gosh. You know page. what happened? She lost her pants. No, no, it's just the opposite. She gained pants. They took that image from the middle of the book and they put it on the cover. And then they showed it to, I don't know, Barnes and Noble or or their own like sales team. And the sales team took one look and was like, Why do you have a female character without any pants? And it's like, what do you she's a pig. It doesn't matter if she it's like Donald Duck. It doesn't matter if she wears pants. You can't have a female character on the cover of a book without any pants. Put some pants on her. And Ian Falconer was like Fine. That's lame. You know that's what happened. I wouldn't be you surprised. You know it. That's exactly what happened. That's lame. It's true. <laughs> we don't. I'm not saying it isn't stupid. <laughs> I'm just saying somebody somewhere was like, Americans can't look at animals that don't wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my stars. Oh, my stars and goddess. Think of the children. Hand me my smell of salts. <laughs> Anyway, so that's a touch of the vapors. That's the end of her story. She's like, and that's and now I'm famous. And then on the next page, it says in very small print. And then one time, my dad took me sailing. The end. <laughs> the only true, which was part probably of story. what actually happened. The yeah. only true part. Yeah. And then we get to the teacher who's like, wait, what? Was that actually true? She's like, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty true. <laughs> pretty true. Was it all true? Uh, yeah, pr- pretty all true. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, to the best of my recollection. <laughs> I was like, this is my favorite part she, in the entire book. You know, she's, she's it's like, hey, was it true? Pretty true. Are you sure? Pretty sure. <laughs> the best like, of my relaxion. Yeah. I, it's cute. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I and love the, and the teacher exchange. just kind of rolls his eyes and he's like, oh, whatever. whatever. Eyes, good, right, whatever. And then she goes back home to which point I feel like this is the part where maybe a lot of parents can relate to this mom. She's trying to, you know, get information out of her daughter. Like, so how was school? And her daughter's like, fine. <laughs> well, what did you do? Nothing. <laughs> and then it's bedtime in which she's like, okay, go to sleep now. She's like, okay, so cl- cl- close your eyes. <laughs> okay, go to sleep. Don't jump out the bed. And I, I just feel like throughout this book, you know, the mother has to, you know, she has to clean up after a kid who makes pancakes. She can't mm-hmm. get information on how school She's went. She's got two small children younger than Olivia, who's a lot. Yeah, and she can't, She's a lot. She can't get information out of her. She can't get her to fall asleep. She hasn't I'm, had a conversation all day. I, I'm not a parent, but I feel like she's a relatable character for parents. Oh, yeah. yeah. You need that. You need that, yeah. Yep. 
And then uh, you turn the page and you see Olivia is jumping on the bed and the mother says, well, who do you think you are? The queen of the trampoline? Ah, that's where the trampoline and yeah, it all ties back. Yeah, okay. And then Olivia ends thinking, maybe, and the end. Maybe. Um, it's a, you know, it's hard to stick an ending. I'm just going to say it. And I think he does a good job with the ending on this one. It yeah. is very difficult. Tied back. I have yeah. read so many picture books that had great ideas in them, and then they just had no... It's like when you hear a song on the radio, and they literally don't know how to end it, so they just, like, fade it out, mm-hmm. like, because they can't figure out how to, like, finish the song. Picture books don't have that option. You either stick the landing or you don't. This one sticks the landing. Yeah. That's it. Which is another gymnastics uh, reference right there. Gymnastics. Yeah, you used to stick the landing, you know, when yeah. you're in gymnastics and you yeah. land and you have what to, What does like, gymnastics have to do with the circus? Because she's on the trampoline. I mean, that's not gymnastics. Okay, fine, whatever. It's a completely fine, different category fine. at the Olympics. It's, you got trampoline. Gymnasts do trampoline stuff. Anyway, no, moving on. it's a completely different category. I... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's not much more to tell about it. This was the second book in the series. I think it helped it become the massive hit that it, it would later become with all the products. These days, if there's anything new about Olivia, it's just based on the TV show. He doesn't do... He hasn't done an Olivia book in a long time. So, I and I don't... I'm not ruling out that he'd ever do one, but it seems unlikely. Ratings time! Okay, I've been going first a lot lately, so you go first this time. Okay, so yeah, good call. Um... You know, so we're just looking at this by itself. So let's say that I'd never seen the first Olivia a day of my life. So I suddenly see this book. Now, if I just had, to be quite frank, if I had seen this book and I hadn't seen the first Olivia, I would have thought this was the most brilliant thing that I had seen. Um, Because it it just was so fun and original and strange. Um, And it's got that exchange. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Are you Pretty, pretty, pretty sure. Um, and I think it's funny. I, I agree with you. The two, the the gatefold uh, isn't a whole lot of much of anything, but I feel like this taps into something that kids enjoy. I think it actually taps into something that adults enjoy. And finding that combination is shockingly difficult to do. I like the inclusion of a new color in addition to the red and the black and the white. Uh, I think it sticks to landing. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not in the, it's not the best book I've ever read in my life, but I like it very much. I, I'm going to give it a, a 6.3. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. A 6.3. <laughs> um, well, I like the use of color in the illustrations, uh, or lack thereof. Mm. It wasn't boring. I like that she's creative and has a little attitude, but she's not devious. Right. She's um, and, not. And no. she's not, like, bossy or rude. It's, it's. I mean, she's making up a whole lot of stuff for the school assignment, but she's doing it because it's more interesting than going sailing with her dad, to be yeah. perfectly frank. Yeah. But it does leave me with a lot of questions. Why the photograph? Why does she only like red? Why the remember the main tattoo? That's a weird one. Why pants and then no pants? I Anyway. Why no dog anuses? Anyway, so... Why did you put a clown in there? <laughs> Why? I, I think this is rereadable without getting bored. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I'm not calling this my favorite. I right. don't remember the first one at all. Interesting. You liked it, as I recall. Well, I gave the original a five. Ah. So I was pretty down the line. But I like this one because it keeps me guessing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give this a six, even though I've been around that score for the last four books. Yeah. So yeah. I'm hoping maybe with the next book, you can give me something that's not 
between a five oh, or a I seven. Oh, I can guarantee. <laughs> yes, I will find you something but different. With, but with our scores combined, it is a classic. It's a classic. Yay! All right. Letters time. Ooh. This one is coming from Lark. We haven't Hi, heard Lark. from Lark in a while, so this is nice. She says, hello, Betsy and Kate. Hello. I have found the answer to Kate's cat anus problem. It's not I was, just cats. I was unaware you it's, had a cat anus problem. I mean, problem. I, it's all anuses. All anuses need to be included in picture books. You would be the one who, for the movie <laughs> of Cats... Would have said, "Don't remove them." Yeah. By God, put I mean, back every anus that you. I didn't you see the out. movie. I it, it, did, did anyone? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, I really. I was going to have a watch party for us to make fun of it, yeah. and and drink bad wine, and then COVID happened. Um, I know. Put anyway. a kibosh, and then afterwards, it just wasn't. It wouldn't have been the same. Anyway, I'm all, yeah. I'm just all about all anuses, not specifically cats. Okay, but, well that's good. good. And moving on. Going on. It's really very simple. I don't know why we didn't think of it before. And then she links to an article from The Independent. And the title of the article is Animal Discovered with, quote, transient anus, unquote, that only appears when it is needed. Maybe that's what all these animals have. Maybe, maybe, that's, they... maybe that's what the dogs in this book have. At least the Americans' dogs. <laughs> as I find that the transient anus does not actually, it's not such a thing overseas. Uh, but in America, oh, the transients of those anuses. <laughs> Let me tell you. So yeah. transient. So uh, she goes on to say, uh, oh, well, she goes on to recommend a book, which I will not mention because it was a darn good recommendation. And then she says, I love the casting question on the latest episode. I didn't think of any better answers, but I loved it. Lately, you have been doing many books on the show that I have never read. It's been great fun reading them all. Aww. Still listening and laughing every week. Aww, Thank you. That's a nice letter. That's a nice letter. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, grown up things we like. So the Great British Baking Show is coming back. Is it now? On Netflix. Nice. It's, it's coming up. And in honor of that, uh, my grown up thing is the Great British Baking Show game, which you can Ooh. buy from Target. Do you get to eat food? No. It is a quick, easy-to-learn, family-friendly game. You lay out tiles according to the recipe as fast as you can, and whoever has the most points over the signature, technical, and showstopper rounds wins. <laughs> so we made a house rule. There's a help card that you can draw um, you know, in exchange mm -hmm. for like an ingredient or something, but contestants on the show can't ask for help. So we made it where if you draw a help card for yourself... You have to help someone else instead. Ooh. Because that's more in the spirit of the show. Yeah. Anyway, my one real qualm with it is that it's only for two to four players. Mm -hmm. And I wish that more people could play. Just yeah, because like... the show is more than two to four Exactly. But it's really fun. It's very quick. And it's fast paced. And it's, yeah, it's it's fun. And it's easy to learn. So if you want, if you like the show, you might like the game. It's the Great British Baking Show game. And you can get it at Target. Very fun. Yeah. Um, so I, my grown-up thing is I'm actually on TikTok. I have, I have joined. You're a tickety-tockety. I'm a tickety-tockater. Uh, specifically I'm, I'm doing book talk, uh, which is such a thing. I can't even tell you how it has upended the book world. Uh, people are recommending these books on the book talk portion of TikTok and then suddenly books that have been out for quite some time or authors who were out for quite some time and didn't get a ton of attention are getting loads of attention, Colleen Hoover. Uh, so as a result, I was like, well, 
I see kids' books early. They send them to me. What if I talked up books that are coming out early that I think are particularly good? And that might be a good use and a little different than what some folks do on the tickety talk. Um, so I've done two videos so far. Well, I did an intro video of myself, which to actually a bit of my disappointment, that's my most popular video. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, no, no, look at the books I'm recommending. So I recommended, uh, the upcoming John Sheska book, uh, the real Dada Mother Goose, which is great. I just recommended my favorite new post-apocalyptic dystopian picture book, The City Under the City by Dan Yaccarino. Um, and then I'm, I'm toying with features like having things go backwards and stuff, which is fun, but, uh, you know, well, well I'm, I'm, I'm still in the very, very, very early, early stages of the Tickety Talk. And if I, people want to follow you on ah, TikTok, what is your handle? I am at the word fuse, the word number, and then the actual number eight. Okay. Yes. So I'm fuse number eight on the Tickety Talk. Uh, I have I have 82 followers. Ooh. Ooh, yes. But my video introducing myself has a thousand and one views, and I'm like, well, that's very nice. But I want you to look at the other. Vi Don't. I mean, <laughs> yay me, whatever. But I, I'm more interested in y'all looking at what I'm doing. So yeah, we'll see. But it's fun. It's nice. Cool. And once I get it down, it'll take less than three hours to make one. <laughs> that's what I'm aiming for. Yeah, I can't help you with that. I know nothing. I don't, yeah. I don't do it. Well, you so. do you do stuff all the time on the Instagram. I'm always seeing, like, your little videos that you put up with the with Yeah, the but Instagram. I don't know on a whole new platform. It's very similar to what you do, and I don't know how to do that. Are you saying so. we need to get now get a TikTok? Oh, uh, maybe. We'll see. We probably should. Let's put it out to a vote. We'll all right, good idea, good idea. We'll put it up to a vote. See if people would even follow us, and... Yeah. Vote no, people. Hey, you know, I'm just saying it's not as hard as people think. Well, we'll see. You're doing a lot of stuff I do. So, yes. Cool. Well, until we figure out whether or not we're doing a TikTok in the future, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our awkward bard, or awk bard, is Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.